Welcome to the Woohoo Crew podcast, where cosmic culture meets pop culture, where we discuss topics like astrology, numerology, the mind-body connection, as well as sports, music, and entertainment. I'm your host, Brandon. I'm joined by my co-host, my pseudo-guru, Cheryl. We are the Woohoo Crew. Hello, Cheryl, my pseudo-guru. Welcome to episode 17. Let me start off the show as I do every episode by asking you, what kind of woohoo did you catch this past week? Woohoo, Brandon. Yeah. Well, I've been catching lots of woohoo during Pisces season, been amping up my practices. And today was really amped up. So it got me to vacuum underneath the beds. Oh, wow. What'd you find? <laughs> and you know, it's on the Pisces Virgo um, axis. So my Virgo kicked in and I found that because I was very clear headed, clear hearted and just clearing up whatever was under the bed, you know, just made the energy of the, the whole space feel better. And um, so that's, that's what you can do either clean, clean, you know, whenever you're just having um, these moments of, of lower vice type, lower frequency, you can clean something, okay. you know, and then that could, that like doing something physically outside, which will affect your inner world or that vice versa, vice versa. And, um, and it, it goes together, the inner and the outer, the inner and outer world. So if you clean, if you do something outside, it can positively affect your inside. And if you're doing something inside, what it, so what does it do? What can it do to your outside? Well, like if let's say you have a really quick, like you, you, you do a, a breath, breath meditation, breath yeah. practice, any, anything inwardly that you're okay. doing, uh, obviously mantras, right? You're, you're using your sound code and you're amping up inside and getting things clear and bright inside you're going to make sure that that's your environment is that way. It's also gotcha. a way to tell, you can tell how people are feeling, you know, like looking there uh, during Pisces season, right? You can tell a lot about how somebody's um, emotional state is by looking at their drawers, looking at the, their, you know, their shelves, like look behind the scenes. And then you can tell what someone's, as you with all your Scorpio, you really want to know, look behind the scenes, what's going on. Do you go into people's medicine cabinets? I don't, I really don't actually, because I, I, I know, like I know better, but I'm always curious or I might ask, you know, but I um, ask, you would ask somebody. Well, not really medicine cabinets. Cause that kind of scares me all the pharmacy. Yeah. yeah. But I would, um, well, I used to, I used to really be into like underwear drawer. I used to ask, I really didn't go in. I would just ask people like, what's your, <laughs> underwear? what kind of response did you get? <laughs> well, it's, I find it a good question at like parties, you know, because I'm okay. Scorpio moon. It's like, you know, hey, what's up? Hey, what is your underwear? Because I'm very curious about that. kind. I'm really yeah. curious about the behind the scenes. That could set I, off uh, some interesting vibes, though, I would think if you're, you know, if you're you're asking somebody to to look at their under, underwear drawer. I'm just saying if somebody asked me that, I would uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't really know where they were going with that. Well, I just want to know, like, do you stack them? Do you put them in rows? Do you do colors? <laughs> or are they haphazard all over the place? Just stuff. Right. Them yeah. And then not just that, the socks and then the closet and then any, any cabinetry, um, the pantry, the refrigerator, like that's what gets me. If like when somebody puts, you know, like my, I have designated places in the refrigerator that are all coded by of course planetary. Right. So if somebody, you know, puts the mustard, that's more, Mars-ish, right? With the color sun, you know, if they put that in the wrong place, that can set me off a little bit sometimes. Now, do you do you do you draw positive and or negative opinions about people, or is it just something that you just draw something about them? Like you learn something about them, not necessarily good or bad. Yeah, I don't know if I draw because I have that curiosity, that Gemini curiosity. So I just noticed that. I, I noticed it and then it can help me compassionately and definitely it can help me like judge them, of course, you know, like uh, so. So we had a we had a dinner party a couple months ago, and somebody it's the first time it's ever happened. Uh, there was a there's a woman there, and she said, "Let me see your junk drawer, like in your really? kitchen." We were in the kitchen, and I, my wife and I were both there, and I'd never been asked that question. I all of a sudden I got scared. Like 
it's not, <laughs> it's not in good shape and not, I'm not proud of it at all. Uh, but I, I opened it up and I let her go through it and she, she just thought the whole thing was interesting, you know? And so you mentioned Gemini, like what's the type of person that would do that? Like, is there a certain sign or a certain type of person that would, you know, maybe like you? Well, Gemini's curiosity okay. and then Virgo. So both are ruled by Mercury, Gemini and Virgo. And okay. I have both. That's mostly me. Okay. And then this, so they're, they're ruled by Mercury, which is curiosity and just wanting to know. Gotcha. And um, so I find all that really interesting. Now, of course, you know, I don't even have a junk drawer because I have so much Virgo. Yeah. Um, gotcha. I don't have a drawer. Like if it's not meaningful, I will give it away, you know? See, we, we have, uh, when you, if you walk through our house, you'd say, okay, they're pretty, they're pretty neat. They're pretty tidy. And, but we have like some designated areas that you just really shouldn't open the door to because that's where it all goes. <laughs> I call those piles. Uh, there's just where you just pile stuff that you can't put away. So at first glance, we look very tidy, but then if you yeah. dig a little deeper, you'll see that, you know, it's, we're not all as organized as we, as we appear to be. I used to have that. I used to be a saver. I saved everything. I got that from my grandmother, Agnes. I, I just saved all, all old letters, scrapbook. I had all of that. And then once I started practicing yoga 23 and a half years ago, it just helped me clear. It just helped me clear and clear and clear when I understood the, the connection and it would happen okay. naturally. And now I think I've gone through pretty much everything. I think my husband still has a few things that I would like not to him for him to have you know like he has he likes to save like old checkbooks and stuff and but it's also really cute because he has um files like he puts everything in a folder he has a lot of Capricorn everything's organized in a folder and it's nice though if I want to see like oh what what happened when I went to the you know like my pregnancy or something he still has all that information interesting so what um what's a what's the downside to keeping a, a yearbook did you say yearbook you got rid of or scrapbooks or Oh, I take it you're rid of your books too. Nothing really, but an, uh, nothing, there's not a downside to any of that. I just, um, it can keep you stuck a little bit. I think if, okay. you know, like if you're always reading old letters from your high school boyfriends and you're in your fifties, you know, yeah. I, I used to want to, um, I saved them for a long time because I thought I could show my daughters, but then I thought that would be kind of weird if they saw like love letters from the boyfriends I had before. What kind of, what kind of yearbook did you have? I just have like, Hey, we'll see you next summer and let's party uh, or next year. We'll party over the summer or stuff like that. I don't think I had any love letters. Oh, well, I was talking love letters and yearbooks separate, but my, gotcha. yearbooks, did, okay. my yearbooks did have a love letter from my high school boyfriend. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I mean, they wouldn't care, but I just thought I yeah. don't really need these things anymore. Plus I feel like a whole different person from. Yeah, it's you know, true. Then, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not as surprised at that as I am the fact that you don't have a junk drawer, that's that you're the only person I've ever met that doesn't have one of those. It's am I, I, that's amazing. I think, I don't know what it is, but it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Well, I'm extreme, you know, we'll get yeah. to Virgo season, which is the polarity of Pisces. So we're having a Virgo full moon in a couple of weeks. So, okay. um, so it really magnifies everything for me, but um, yeah, I don't have a, a, I don't have that. Everything is organized and I love, organized drawers oh mm. it's like just such a turn on for me like I get so <laughs> excited so my husband's smart he knows that stuff yeah like yeah hey let's you know so he'll help me with all that stuff and he all right any any single guys out there if you're listening yeah get your drawers in order man come on get your drawers in order for if you're with anybody that has Pisces Virgo there you go um that has a lot in, in in either one of those uh those <laughs> those currencies because Pisces is behind the scenes and Virgo is the editing, you know? Yeah. Okay. But um, it just feels good because it, it, like when you think about the energy of your house, that's what, that's what I, you know, and that's what we do in Woohoo, right? We do that, every, we have Woohoo bus too, I call it. So even everything is not only organized like that, but it's organized planetary, all the planetary lines. So I have a Virgo section of the house. All the signs have their section of the house. I Very know. cool. Very cool. Yeah. And I'm not surprised at any of that. All right, we'll, uh, we'll see you back here for the first quarter. First quarter, reason for the season. Woohoo! Okay, we're back. First quarter. Cheryl, what can we be doing with what's going on in the cosmos right now? 
Well, it's still Pisces season and we're now between the new moon of Pisces and the full moon of Virgo. When was the, when was the new moon? Roughly. The new moon was the first. No, the second. The second. Today. Okay. Okay. Got you. And then the full moon is coming up in roughly a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So this is the time. The, the Pisces is the twelfth. Can I ask a really dumb question? Yeah. Is there a new moon and a full moon every season? Yes. Okay. Not a okay. dumb question. Okay. It felt like it was a dumb question, but uh, I know there's somebody out there that's glad I asked that. Okay. I, I think so. And hey to you, listener. There's um, there's a new moon, which is the season. So the set, March 2nd, there, it, there was, if you're listening to this, <laughs> there was a new moon in Pisces during Pisces season. And then the opposite of Pisces, if you look at if look at the wheel, the opposite is Virgo. So the Pisces is, is um, directly across from Virgo mm-hmm. and it's the Virgo full moon. So it's always, the new moon is always what season we're in and the full moon is always the polarity of that. Polarity of it. Okay. Okay. Cool. Great. Thanks. So we can consider where our 12th house is in our chart. So for you, you have yours in Scorpio and I have mine in Leo. And it's a time to see, like look through your hidden spaces in yourself and your home and society and what needs to be rescinded, revisited, undone, redone, deleted, tried again. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a very interesting zone. The 12th house it's, it's, it was the zone right above sunrise without direct hits of its light when we were born. Okay. Okay. Wait, say that one more time. It's the zone just above the sunrise, okay. which is the first house without direct hits of its light. That's why it's considered hidden space. Okay. Okay. Kind of hidden seclusion. It's an interesting house. It's where we could hide if we want to, but we could also really, it's the house of unconsciousness. So it's the house where, where things are just hidden from us until we make them seen. Okay. And if we have any planets in the 12th house, we work with them. We consider the planets our gurus, like you have four of them. Mm-hmm. So you could consider them your gurus and have them help you. Okay. It is definitely a place of solitude and retreat and introspection and awareness of the collective unconsciousness. And it's a, it's a time to explore meditation and your dreams and your fantasies during this time. Mm -hmm. So just meaning when you're meditating, try to just get to a place where you're, you're exploring you know, maybe what you, not necessarily the dreams you're having, but the things that you may want to do in life. I, I would imagine that's what you're talking about, right? Right, right. Okay. It's, it's also a, a time to, so, so, you know, all the seasons, all the currencies of everything really have a vice and have a virtue, have a low frequency, high frequency. So with Pisces, the vice, the low frequency would be, the lowest would be like an abuse of let's say with with the hunger to escape because 12 you know 12 12th house is the the unconscious the escaping so with the hunger to escape knowing the difference between an abuse and use between the comfort and search for oblivion so the obvious thing that comes to mind would be alcohol right Um, but it's really anything that's pleasurable and repeatable can be used as a, in an escapist fashion, okay. like eating any kind of food, um, anything that you're consuming, anything that is pleasurable and repeatable can be used in an escapist fashion. So this is, it's a time to really look at that. Well, let's say, take that, let's take, let's take alcohol first, first as, as an example. So let's say somebody is, uh, is doing that. They're drinking more than they should and they're, and they're escaping something in their life. What can they do right now? 
how can they harness the energy going on right now to help them through that? Well, if they had a meditation practice as well, and they got whatever, whatever meditation works, okay. they, oftentimes it's getting quiet. Not always though. Then find out what is it that you're escaping? Just notice what that is and, and see what is that, um, that you're, what is making you uncomfortable that you're escaping it and you're numbing to feel more comfortable. And then should they look for a mantra? I know the answer is yes. I, I've, yeah, well, always a mantra, yeah. And you could even do sat on the inhale, nam on the exhale. Sat nam means the truth. So just understanding the truth of you have, so you have that frequency, that sound code inside of you. And then you realize, oh, I'm doing this thing. I'm, like you, in, in the case of alcohol, okay, this is what, this is what triggers it. This is what I'm numbing that I don't want to deal with. I don't want to feel it. Usually it's a feeling. I don't want to feel this. So I'm going to numb it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And um, it, it's a time to, to amplify um, your psychic sense sensitivity as well. So just attuning to any presence of things that are considered more invisible energies, like maybe other dimensions, other spirits, and, and pri prioritize healing your capacity for meditation and prayer or whatever you call those intentional inner states. Okay. Great. And it could, so, so what's interesting is like for me, um, you know, I can do a lot of projection and prayer toward healing and, and peacefulness and all the, all the, the sweet light things. And then I had to really take a look at Am I projecting, I guess you could call it prayer. Am I projecting energy toward anybody or anything that, that I don't agree with, or that maybe I felt betrayed by and, okay. and understanding that, and that's nothing that I really wanted to look at, but I have. Um, and so what I've been doing is sending prayer because here's the thing, when you pray for somebody, which, however you want to call that word, when you send when you beam energy, when you project energy to somebody, usually you, you think of that as good, right? Like, oh, I'm sending you this energy for good sure. so that, that you feel better, you do better, you heal, those kind of things, those, um, that, that energy, those intentions, the beam of energy, you send it out there. So there's a return for investment when you do that. You have positive energy coming back towards you. Okay. And then you so you send a vibratory package. It's like a vibratory package, right? You send that outward. The universe has to send you back. That's how the magnetic field works. Okay. And this is interesting. Yeah. So when you pray, you get six percent return on investment. But right. what about if you do that intentionally because you know you're going to get it back? Does it still work? That's still good, even if it's selfish, because that's wow. considered self-ish which, you know, you wanted to be, you, you want to have that selfishness because you, that will give you that, that magnetic high frequency in the best way. Okay. So this might encourage you to pray, but yeah. if you do it in a negative way, you, you beam energy and wish somebody unsuccess or you wish somebody, you know, anything in that realm, you will get that back 6% return Ooh, on investment as well. That's not good. Yeah. So that's what I've been- uh, If you're beaming vibratory negative uh, things out there, it's coming back at you. It's coming back at you 6% each time you oh, do it. Oh man. Okay. So you wish anybody, yeah. And you know, with us, us Scorpio uh, currencies, we can have resentments, right? We can hold on to that stuff. Um, we can be bitter. So I've really learned that and um, wow. I'm noticing that I'm, so I'm beaming that out for people who, you know, my whole story is I felt betrayed by or victim, you know, this is the, that's the axis to the, the Pisces um, Virgo axis is the, the vice of that is victimhood and gotcha. you know, okay. kind of frequency. So see where you're playing victim. Yeah. And then, you know, any, anywhere where you have a, a hunger to escape. Um, but we don't want to get 
puritanical, you know, that can be too much Virgo too. Puritanical attitudes are, that's just as much um, like a, like a prison, like a, a soul cage as hedonistic ones. So you want to just balance, you want to find the sweet spot about your hedonistic stuff and your puritanical, you know, you don't want to go too far in one direction. And when you do, yeah. um, you want to be able to come back. You want to have the tools that, where you can come back. See, you got to find the right spot, the sweet spot. Okay. Well, that's great. I, that's awesome info. And anybody out there who's, who's throwing around bad vibes, that's, <laughs> this is your warning. Well, it's just going to come back. Doesn't that Don't make do sense? it? That's like the universal law. It's a cosmic yeah. law. It's how it works. That's crazy. I didn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to have some really happy, positive thoughts tonight. Yeah, because that you want to, you don't want to have a bankrupt. Um, nope. <laughs> but but you know, you, you want your um your woohoo currency, your bank account to be profitable, right? Profit. Amen. Yeah. All, right. All right, awesome stuff. We will see you back here for the second quarter. Okay. Second quarter, woo wire. We're back, second quarter. I tell a story. Pseudo Guru channels a cosmic force on the Woohoo wire. And we ask that cosmic force a question about my story. Today, I want to talk about the sweet spot and what it means in sports. You can apply the term sweet spot to many aspects of really every single sport out there. In baseball, for instance, the sweet spot is commonly referred to as hitting the ball in the middle of the fattest part of the bat. For kickers, whether it's football or soccer, there's a certain part of the ball that if you kick it right there, it'll go farther. In basketball, you might hear a shooter say, a shooter say he or she has a sweet spot on a certain place on the court. Like, for example, let's say the three-point line right at the baseline on one of the sides of the courts. That's a popular one for shooters. And that's a, a very common sweet spot. But there's another kind of sweet spot that not only athletes that use the term for, but anyone who practices something with the intention of improving. But I'll stick with sports with the examples. So let's take golf. If you've never played it, golf looks like the dumbest sport ever. In fact, if you have a couple minutes, like three minutes, Google Robin Williams golf. It, it might be the funniest bit from a comedian that I've ever heard. It's hilarious. The reality is golf is much more than just walking up and, and hitting this little ball with a club. Most people believe eh, that's, that might be strong, but many people believe it's golf is the hardest sport to play at the highest level. And that's the key at the highest level. Cause one of the great things about golf is any human could play the sport and have fun. Even if you're terrible like me. If you're talking about the highest level of golf, most people don't realize how much physicality is required, whether it's strength or flexibility or muscle control and memory and repetition, along with mental toughness. And mental toughness is really what separates the, the few hundred PGA tour players versus the thousands who are trying to make the tour. It's just such a tiny fraction of the total skill set. So in golf, you have a couple of sweet spots as well. The obvious one, much like kicking a football, is hitting a golf ball on the center and the wide part of your club. That's where the ball, if you hit it there, it's going to travel the farthest. But there's a different kind of sweet spot. So picture yourself for a moment. You're standing over a golf ball. Your goal is to hit this golf ball as straight and far as possible. So to do that, you have to have your feet, your hips, your core, your shoulders, your arms, your hands all work together almost perfectly to hit the ball as far and straight as you possibly can. It's a lot to do, right? You're thinking about your, your feet, your hips, your core, shoulders, arms, hands. Now, you're still over the golf ball, okay? The first thing you have to do is you have to grip the club, which means you have to, you, you have to hold the club. Every finger has a designated spot. Every single finger has a certain spot on the club where it needs to be. Now you got to make sure your finger pressure on that club is about 20%. Because if you grip it too hard, it's not gonna, you're not gonna hit it very well. And if you grip it too light, the club's gonna 
fly out of your hands and hit the guy next to you, which has happened. Okay, so then you got to get your feet proper distance apart. You got to bend your knees, but not too much, just the right amount. You got to stick your butt out. You got to relax your shoulder, and you, you still got to make sure that grip pressure is right at 20%. So if you're still with me, congrats, but there's a lot more. You don't start the swing with your arms either. That's, that's a, a misconception. You start with your hands, then the arms, then the shoulders, then the hips, all in this very specific rhythm. And you move any part faster or slower than you should, and you're, you've already, you've already uh, gone off, co off course with your, with your swing. Oh, yeah, and your feet. Well, your feet, you have to have 80% of your weight on the inside of your right foot, right? So it's, it's not – there's nothing really easy about it. Now, I'm going to spare you the rest of the golf swing because we're not even halfway through it. It's very technical. But think about this. Right. We can all agree that to play golf at the highest level, the actual golf swing is very complicated with a lot of moving parts. I think we can all agree to that. So let's let's do a little exercise. For those of you listening, I want you to do an imaginary golf swing like right now, whether you're driving or you're just hanging out or whatever. Uh, well, if you're driving, just be careful. But so I want you to take that Im imaginary club backwards and then forwards and pretend to hit a golf ball. I'll wait for you. Now, what's your right elbow doing? See, if you've never played golf before, your right elbow is probably hanging out anywhere from six inches to over a foot away from your body. If you have played golf, it still might be that far from your body, but you're probably not a very good golfer. It's because the right elbow needs to be tucked into your body for almost the entire swing. It's just, it's not a natural feeling. It feels really, really weird. And I'm using the right elbow as an example, but there are a lot of other things that your body parts have to be doing to hit the ball well. So there's a reason for me wanting to go through all of this. So imagine that all the components we just talked about in a high level golf swing, you have to practice a lot to play at a high level, like years. So think about a pro golfer, okay? At some point in their life, after hitting thousands and thousands of golf balls and thinking about all of those components, and trust me, as a, as a guy who's an average golfer at best, uh, you, you play at your worst when you're thinking about all these crazy things you have to do. Like most people can focus on one thing, and that's probably the way to do it. But we're talking about like dozens and dozens of components. So imagine just, you know, after hitting these thousands of golf balls, they finally, for the first time, got their swing right. Not perfect, but enough that almost all components were as they should be, and they hit a beautiful golf shot. And then they did it again and again to where that beautiful golf swing got into its sweet spot. Their body was doing its job, basically, after years of practice. And the swing, all of a sudden, got easier. That's the sweet spot. And it's sweet because it can, it can go away if you don't keep at it, if you don't keep practicing. Every sport, every athlete, every person doing anything in sports or in life that's hard and requires practice has a sweet spot where you say to yourself, man, I, I, I finally got it. I can do it now. Or, or I finally understand it. It's a great feeling. So my question is, is there a secret to unlocking your potential to achieve the sweet spot? Is it physical or mental? Should we focus on certain parts of the body? Okay, that's actually several questions, but let's see if we can get them answered. Hey, sweet. It's Cosmic Pancreas here. Awesome. I think, I think I'm not familiar with the pancreas, but I, Hey, I'm happy to have you here. What's, what's happening cosmic pancreas. Oh, well, I am very vital in the digestive system and I'm a critical controller of your blood sugar levels. Okay. So, so you, you, you do a lot of balancing, I assume. I help with the sweet spot. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And you heard, and you heard the, the buildup to that, right? I did. Okay. 
So, uh, so since you're unfamiliar with me, I'll let you know where I am. I'm located deep in your abdomen. Okay. And part of me is sandwiched between your stomach and your spine. Okay. And the other part is nestled in the curve of the duodenum, which is such a cool word. Well, duodenum. Duodenum. Yeah, it's the first part of the small intestine. So I want oh, you to visualize. Sounds like an antacid or something. <laughs> I want you to visualize the position of me. Okay. So touch your, your right thumb, your ego, to your right mercury finger, your pinky. Your right thumb to your right mercury finger. Okay. And then keep your other three fingers together and okay. straight. Then yep. place your hand in the center of your belly, just below your low ribs with your fingers pointing to your left. Okay. And your hand is the approximate shape of me and at the approximate level of where I am. Okay. And that's a great way to like, look at somebody and go, you know, sweet. That's what I help. I help, I help you allow the sweetness in life to find that sweet spot. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm really cool. <laughs> um, I, I, I modest. Lot, yeah i'm very vital i do i do a lot i regulate your blood sugar and so what's interesting is balanced in your blood i help you get balanced in your blood sugar okay and when you are balanced in your blood sugar your cortisol drops and if you drop your cortisol your blood sugar balances. So I work with the, I work with lots of the organs and the glands because I'm considered an organ and a gland. So Ooh. I work with your adrenals. We're very close physically. Is that a glorgan? The adrenals. Or, or, or gland? Or is there a name for an organ oh, and a gland? I like to say I'm an organ and a gland. I don't yeah. really put the words together, but you can. I know you like to do that there and put words. I'm an organ donor, but I'm not an organ and a gland. <laughs> so you want me to be Did you that was very good um so what i help you do is well but i help you look good so okay. when you're when i'm when i'm happy your skin will look better okay and i'm, I'm connected to the quality of your skin and the vitality in your system so what, what can, what can, uh, what makes you, uh, help or harm a body? Like how can, how can we make, how can we bring out the, the best in you and help ourselves? Thank you for your question. Well, one thing is I work with the hypothalamus and the adrenals. So your sound vibration will stimulate your, your brain. It's very sophisticated. You have some very sophisticated systems you take deep rhythmic breaths that will raise my vibration too. Always goes back to the breath. Always. Yeah. And if you think about it, you know, we're called organs and you organize. So you get organized inside and you want me to be highly functioning and you want your adrenals because when I'm highly functioning, I help my, my colleagues, the adrenals, reprogram your stress response and when that happens you just feel better because you can handle stress so in the what um you all refer to as the blue zones which is like our favorite place to look at the blue zones in in the world that what they do which helps us which helps your pancreas which helps that that help makes my job easier as the cosmic pancreas of all pancreases is fresh water Okay. Deep breaths. Okay. And walk often. So walk. after you eat, walk, even if it's five minutes, 10 minutes, take a walk after your meals okay. and it will regulate your stress as well. Interesting. Okay. I usually walk before dinner. Okay. You know, walking after you eat and then have your biggest meal before sunsets. Gotcha. I'm terrible at that. My yeah. family is terrible at that. Well, this is the time to, to shift that. It's more yeah. challenging when it's, you know, winter. And then, it, but if you're hungry before you sleep, get this, eat fruit, particularly if you can warm it up like apples and pears with some cardamom, eat fruit before sleep. And then guess what you'll have? Sweet dreams. Oh, 
<laughs> is that true or is that just a, a funny cosmic saying? It's true because if you okay. have like a, um, a big meal yeah. and then you go to, to sleep, then your digestion has to work so hard physically that you're emotionally and mentally, you won't get that digestion, which okay. is what you should be getting when you're sleeping. Yeah. Okay. That's a good tip. I also, um, I also help digest fat. Okay. Yeah. I have that function. The, the exter external secretion of my fluid, that, that's what helps digest fat. And then I also help with insulin, which absorbs sugar. So yeah. that's the sweet spot. You wanna have enough sugar in your cells of your body and you, you want the sugar to be regulated. That's what I help you do in your blood. Mm -hmm. So when your blood has the, the, the proper chemistry of sugar and all the other things that um, you need to have your blood really um, good vibration, high vibration, the, your endocrine glands and will really help you just feel better. And that's one of the things I do. I'm, I'm the most yang, I'm the most masculine organ of the body. And I, I team up with spleen, which is feminine organ. So we work together, the yin and the yang. Okay. And we form part of the earth element. So right now you're coming close to an equinox and that's when we're really, really powerful. So this is a great time before Aries season to get it together with this. And did you know what I mean? If you think, if you take my, my name apart, Pan, Creus, Pan means, um, I, well, I mean, pancreas means made of flesh and pan is whole. It's like the universe, the, the God of creation, that's pan. And then Kriya means flesh. And if you've ever seen my flesh of a pancreas, it's, it's described as silk. Okay. Mm -hmm. So everything connected to the value of your soul takes place in me. And your flesh can, you know, what happens to flesh, the flesh can, can go away or rot, but the soul is everlasting. And that's something for you to realize, like how, how vital I am. I feel like you should have like this, like badass nickname, like the regulator or something like that. <laughs> I can like I, that. Can I call you that? You can, but okay. the pan is, you can call me pan too. I like that. Okay. Um, is that what your friends so call you? They do. They call me. That's what Spleen calls me. Spleen okay. calls me Pan. Okay. And I like that. And I also work with um, the third chakra. Do you know about the third chakra? A little bit. Tell me. Tell me more. The third chakra helps you with your self-esteem. Okay. It's my, he, uh, third chakra is my associate. And he, he helps you create your personal power and your, and your, um, self-esteem. And so together we help you trust in infinity. When you trust in infinity, you gain more dignity. That's a universal law. Wow. That's very profound. Yeah. So we help you with that and we help you release those, like I said before, the deep layers of cortisol. So what's interesting is you want to have some stress. It's not about not having stress. You want to have some stress because stress helps release stress. And you live in a planet of stress, friction. Um, what else is there? Pressure, stress, friction, and pressure. And you want to be able to work with those instead of try not to have them. But you don't want like the same stress every day. You want different stresses, which is why the movements that you do in Woohoo, we love to watch you do them. Those are brilliant. Right. Okay. Okay. Pan the regulator book says when you're, um, cause when your third chakra is weak, when I'm weak, then you will use power from a place of insecurity. And then you get to self pity where things are pretty pitiful <laughs> when you're in insecurity and self pity, that would be the, the lower frequency, the lower vice. And I hold that for you. I hold the pities. They come in through your pits, through your armpits. Did you know that? I did not. 
I was wondering what they were for. And so you, when you, when, when that's happening, you most likely unconsciously crave foods like refined sugars or white flour. Okay. And that causes spikes in your blood sugar and that can numb you from your higher consciousness. Okay. Wow. So that would be the feelings of like victimization and just really disappointed and, and just stuck in that self-pity. Did you bring your cosmic dog down with you? No, I'm, I'm speaking through the galactic goofball. And her, her dog. Yeah. <laughs> she's uh she's enjoying the discussion well okay well listen that's awesome thank you for for joining us and um the sweet spot is is you, you know it's important to me and it's something that um you know it's not just about sports it's about everything that we do in life that can be hard and you just helped us get there a little bit quicker well it's about everything so so making sure that you have enough glucose and even gluten, I know there's lots of, um, anti, anti of those, uh, anti-gluten, anti-glue, be careful of that because that's the sweet spot. Glue holds things together, but if you have too much, then you get stuck. So you want to make sure you have enough of the gluten, the, the, uh, glu glucose, and that will help you um, hold, hold it together really. Okay. And, um, and that's the sweet spot is, 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 is not too much glue so that you're completely stuck and, but having enough glue so you can hold it together because you want to allow sweetness into your life. That's my main mission. And that's what I help you do. And if you cannot allow that in, if you can't allow the sweetness, like, um, what are some sweet, emotions that you can think of like love maybe what are some sweet sure happiness states? happiness joy gratitude gratitude that's the sure. sweetness of life so when when i'm weak it's it's hard to receive that that's what happens uh, when you're numbing or you don't have enough glue to hold it together then you have trouble receiving the love and you don't believe you're worthy of love that's the self-pity when you can't allow it in and then it, you um, over time, it's just pitiful because you, you can't take, you can't bring it in. So um, one of the things that you can do is, is have a, even if you have a pseudo, a pseudo, like pretend a pseudo sacred outlook of how you place things, how you organize inside mm. and out, what you put in your mouth on your mouth, what you touch, what everything, if you could have a starting off with a pseudo spiritual sacred exploration and over time, then you can have a, a true spiritual practice and a true depth. Cause it's easy for you to have one thing, like one, one that's what we're, we see when we have our pancreas um, conventions that you have one, a lot of the humans have like one ritual, one meditation, or maybe you treat one person really well, but then you behave or you eat and it's very unconscious. So making sure that you can, when you have your sacred practice that you all, that you all do in woohoo, the sacred meditations and the movements and the breath, you, even for three minutes, you take that sacred outlook and you transfer it to the sacred moments that you're challenging because get this when you are challenged those are the moments they're the portals where i come in and i help you in that's a sacred moment so anything like when you're you know the chop wood carry water parts of your day though those are made to remember how to have a a, a sacred outlook and that's the sweet spot where okay. sacredness and dignity and, and the sweet spot would be everything is sacred, but, but don't take things so seriously. Like one of your, um, what do you call them? Celebrities, like having to have fruit on the left, cheese on the right, you know, don't not too serious, but your dignity, like uh, your dignity, all your environments, um, you'll have the dignity inside and out. And th that's the sweet spot. Spleen wanted me to let you know 
because our meridians, we have our meridians together, our channel. Okay. That it starts at your big toe. And what, travels, what, start, what starts at our big toe? Our channel. So how you bring okay. the sweetness in life in, the sweet spot. Got it. Big toe, making sure this is clear and, and activated. The big toe up the inner leg and all the way up to the abdomen. And it ends on each side of the rib cage and underneath your arms. So making sure that your armpits are free, not putting anything on them to block the sweetness in life. Should I be shaving them? You don't need to shave them because they're considered antenna, actually, the hair. Okay, so, all right. But you wanna make sure you don't put anything on it, like, um, because if there's an odor that you don't like, it's because of what you're ingesting or, or because of stress. So you wanna make sure that, because it's the, the your pits, are the exhaust pipe of the brain. Okay. And they're also the cave of the heart. Interesting. Okay. So when, when you're in balance, when your blood chemistry is clear, then you'll have the physical foundation to hold and sustain joy, happiness, and all the, the higher emotions because you'll hold a higher frequency and you'll be able to really enjoy life. And when you're, it'll, it'll affect your, your blood brain chemistry as well. When that's depleted, you, what we've seen is even if like we've seen people have like a happy experience, it's like what, what they wanted and then they can't hold it. They can't be happy because their chemistry isn't balanced and they can't sustain it. And we want you to sustain it and stretch those experiences over time. Okay. I'm actually still confused. Can I wear deodorant or no? Just be careful that it's not something that is like, look at the ingredients that makes it. And it's not something that prohibits, like you want to be able to still let things like, you want to perspire there because sweating is the way of clearing, sweating, crying, um, you want to be able to sweat there and bad ingredients in a deodorant will not allow the, uh, the, the right things to get out. You want to make sure the ingredients are edible. Uh, okay. We, well, I'm not sure we have time for the, any more of my questions regarding that, but, uh, <laughs> but that's a good start. I'll, I'll do some research on my own. And if they're not, uh, edible, if they're not, edible, gonna, probably go lick my deodorant when we're done here. But... <laughs> we'll look at the ingredients okay. first. Okay. You want to make sure that like coconut, well, you know, like yeah. that they're edible Okay. and that they're, um, yeah, just let's look at them and you don't, and if possible, try sometimes when you're not wearing it and see what happens because that's the way, especially when you're exercising. Yeah. So um, maybe sweat, you know, exercise alone for a while. And then yeah. you'll notice, you'll notice like when you're eating and, and, and it's benefiting your blood chemistry and your brain chemistry, then you're, you're, um, you'll smell, they'll smell more like maple syrup. Can't wait. It's just, you'll smell like a Sunday morning. All right. Very good. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming down and joining us and, uh, and safe travels back. Thank you. This week's show is sponsored by the cosmic pancreas. It's the organ and the gland that helps you find the sweet spot in all your endeavors. So call upon the Cosmic Pancreas to help you catch the currency for a sweet life. Third quarter, the interview. Woohoo! All right, welcome back to the third quarter. We've got another special guest, a repeat guest. Cheryl, who are we talking to today? John Friend. All right. Yeah. And uh, so here he is. He has got a, his moon in Pisces. And he's been a truth seeker and a free thinker since he was a young boy. You can find out a lot about him on our episode 11. And he's taught heart-oriented yoga and mind-body practices professionally for over 40 years 
presenting at more than 800 yoga seminars in over 30 countries to tens of thousands of students. In 1997, John created Anusara Yoga, one of the leading modern postural yoga systems in the world. I'm certified in that. And in 2012, John began studying the new alignment ideas of Desi Springer, which are in contradiction to his Anusara alignment principles and to the standard model for postural alignment. I, I really love that system. And he's, it's supported by the emerging science in the field of fascia and its role in optimal posture and functional movement. John and Desi co-created the Bowspring Method in 2013 to help people around the world take their health to a new level using a wavy, very Pisces, wavy, balanced, dynamic posture in their daily life. John loves to share his many years of studies of philosophy and mind-body health with independent thinking students. And Desi is a Pisces sun, so Pisces sun with Desi, Pisces moon with John. So it's a beautiful wavy system that helps us spring back into our uh, youth. Welcome, John Friend. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you yeah. for having me again, Brandon. Yeah, absolutely. Great intro, Cheryl. Well, it's quite Welcome, John. Thank you. <laughs> quite the, quite the, quite the guest, John Friend. We may need like a fifth quarter just for John's intro there. <laughs> <laughs> De, you know, Desi Springer also has a moon in Pisces. So her son, her birthday uh, was just yesterday, uh, but she's also moon in Pisces. So the cool thing is that many times from the beginning, we've been able to communicate almost more psychically than even uh, maybe intellectually, you know, or more overtly. So that's a very uh, cool collaboration to work on a more psychic realm. And it's true. Yeah. For sure. And Brandon and I have that with Scorpio. So Brandon, right? Scorpio sun, I'm a Scorpio moon. Mm. So it, it does make a, it does make it for, um, to have that dynamic polarity that, that works so well together. Um, okay, John. So as a Pisces moon, I'm curious to know how you prioritize the advancement of your spiritual intelligence. Yeah, big question. Well, that for me is up there near the top, I guess, because for me, spiritual intelligence would be the real insights and understanding that my heart, that our souls can gain in it from an experience from a period of time or a lifetime, you know, when we, and, and spiritual intelligence is something that is for me really is cultivated uh, over a lifetime, right? So you can have emotional intelligence at, um, let's say a very, at a lower level where like a child is not able to in the very beginning, um, overcome and control in any way, very basic appetites and desires, you know, they, they, they long for, um, their mother or they long for the food or something to drink or just for comfort. Right. And, and then as we grow, we gain this emotional intelligence to be able to have more executive function, to be able to decide, uh, I'm going to wait for my gratification and we develop that. And then as you gain uh, more and more wisdom through dis discernment, through discrimination, um, and, and really even the cultivation of creative imagination, this, these are the elements of spiritual intelligence. Mm -hmm. and there is a direct intuition that we, the feelings that come up as intuitive, that a very high level of the mind, you know, the, the Sanskrit word booty is this word, well, even you hear it in the word Buddha, you know, it means the awakened one. The booty is this awakened spiritual intelligence that knows really what's real, that knows the truth at a, a direct level. You know, this is the mystical understanding that we all have the capacity for, but oftentimes in the very beginning of our life, um, let's say you just as a teenager, 
we might have these spiritual experiences, but we don't know how to discern them. We don't know how to, we're not so clear. Um, it could be what happens in the infatuation with a, a teacher, uh, perhaps an authority figure. And this is the, this can be the shadow side of the whole guru thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there isn't a, a level of discernment earlier, but as you gain booty, as you gain wisdom, you see that really a teacher or a guide actually is critical and that they, the, the teacher can come and, and this is something I spoke about last time we were together, but this more cosmic principle of the guru can cr help create these awakenings, you know, within us. And we gain the maturity to, oh, I see, I understand really in my heart, this is what is really true. And we also know what is good and we know what is um, morally um, the right thing to do more right from the heart. Like this, this creates freedom of suffer, suffering, uh, whereas something else might be um, harmful. So we learn to discern, you know, this is, this is the highest thing. So through the course of my life, it's been the spiritual journey, which is still, of course, unfolding now in my 60s is to continue to cultivate the spiritual intelligence and permeating all parts of myself, my body, letting that spiritual intelligence permeate my emotions, my feelings, um, and even the lower part of the mind, which can be, I think of as more even of the linear, rational, logical, right? So this is that, that's the mind that is the base for, or the lower vibration, if you will, of this more higher mind, the booty, the spiritual intelligence. And then you have the soul at the very core. And so my whole seeking has been to get that, the light of my soul to shine all the way through all of it. Mm -hmm. and, um, and to realize where I have had disconnections, where the the body or the emotions, the, those desires and longings can pull one way and not be in accordance or in alignment with my higher spiritual intelligence, you know, and then it often leads to pain and suffering and you learn the hard way, you know, um, this is the 10th year, uh, the 10th anniversary of this big, my big scandal in Anusara. Happy anniversary. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, congratulations. Right. It's, you know, exactly. So it's kind of like even in a divorce, you know, do you, you know, you say, oh, I'm sorry. Or you say congratulations. Right. Um, because you know that it's painful. You know, these things are really painful. So typically spiritual growth, uh, expansion of spiritual intelligence is going to often come from some sort of painful change transformation you know it's not just uh, all love and light and bliss and oh that's good congratulations you know no it was really hard it was really uh it's alchemical you know the the first stage of the alchemy is like they call it the blackening you you're literally burn you 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 uh get blackened you know and it's very can be very intense um and then you go through a whole period of cl cleaning and reevaluation and just self-reflection, which is also incredibly painful. So looking at the shadows um, helps then to clear that and the light grows. That's the spiritual intelligence. It's really the analogy of light is very appropriate. It's very accurate because through the light, we're able to see, you know, and what's blocking oftentimes is these occlusions, their, their shadows, their darknesses, their darkness. And um, you know, 10 years ago, I didn't even realize how uh, shadowed some part of my mind was, um, or we just don't, we just don't see a lot of times the misalignment, so to speak, right, until somebody points it out. And that's what happened to me. Mm -hmm. um, so that was 10 years ago. And so it's been incredible. So now I can say, yeah, congratulations that I went through that because it was, it turned out to be the most incredible uh, shift in my whole life path. And, and I feel blessed because of it.
Wow. Now you have Mars and Venus in your 12th house. So 12th house has the, that's where, that's the arena of Pisces. And, and like you said, um, it can be things that you just don't see, like the shadow, the, it's like being in, in deep water and sometimes you just don't see it. And with Mars, 